Welcome. I'm Jim. And I'm Tuck. And this is Beer in the Heart of Texas. A podcast dedicated to reviewing the beers of Texas. Hello, this is an introductory episode uh, explaining who we are and what we're going to be doing. My name is Tuck, and I am from Arkansas, Little Rock, originally. Um, I made it down here to Texas about 11 years ago. Uh, I've lived in Arkansas and Texas, and I've really grown to enjoy Texas beers. Uh, My co-host? And I'm Jim, and I've been, well, all over the country. I was born in Wisconsin, lived in Minnesota, lived in Colorado, which that's important uh, in many respects. Uh, But I moved to Texas in 1996. I've been living here ever since. Uh, uh, Both my daughters were born here, and, and so... Texas is absolutely home. And and like you said, I think uh, certainly what we've seen in the last uh, 20 years is beer in Texas. The craft beer industry has really, really picked up. And so that was a big part of of why we wanted to to, uh, create beer in the heart of Texas. Tuck, uh, could you tell us uh, one of the things I thought we'd start with is your first beer. I wish I could say it was something impressive, but my first beer uh, was a MGD Light, Miller Genuine Draft Light. Um, was I 21? No. Uh, I think, like a lot of people, actually, it was um, in the spring, my senior year of high school. We were going uh, after a track meet to my friend's lake house, which, again, I'm from Arkansas, so it was a lake trailer, mobile home. <laughs> and. Um, it was the cheapest beer that I could afford uh, and find someone older than me, my cousin, willing to buy for me for the trip. So yes, MGD Light, kind of have a special spot in my heart for it, although I don't drink it very much anymore. Jim, what about you? What was your first beer? Well, if we're going to ignore the those beers you may have had, you might have had, you know, at uh, your 4th of July picnics when you were four years old, five years old, that your uncle might, might, might have given you. If we're going to ignore that, the, uh, the first beer that really comes to mind uh, was when I was in college. There was uh, a good friend of mine that uh, gave me a New Belgium fat tire. And, and so right away from the outset, uh, that beer was uh, ingrained that this is, this is a whole lot different. This is a whole lot better than anything I'd ever tasted before, anything I'd ever had at home growing up. I have to say I'm a little jealous. You have like a real beer as your first beer, and I have well the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Um, let me ask you a question. What is your go-to beer? And along those lines, what are your top three beers? And it doesn't matter. They don't have to be from Texas. Just what's your go-to? What are your top three? Okay. I'll start with my top three. Okay. Because my go-to is one of those three. Uh, Number, well, in no particular order. Let's go with that. Uh, One of them has to be Odell Brewing, and that's from uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. It is called 90 Shilling. It's, it's an American-style ale. It's, uh, it's outstanding. It, it is, for, well, for about, probably about two decades, it was my favorite beer. Uh, that, uh, I remember as a college student, uh, I could go to the brewery um, 
and they would fill it up um, a grawler right uh, that I'd keep and put in the fridge and have to drink it fairly quickly before you know two or three days it's it's not tasting so good but that that's one of them that is a good beer that is a good beer a second beer has to be epic brewing and they're out of uh, both Denver and Salt Lake City they manufacture a beer called Spiral Jetty. It's an IPA. It, uh, I, I'm not generally a huge fan of IPAs. This is a, a notable exception. It is an outstanding, outstanding beer. High ABV as well. Uh, that's, yeah. And then the third is uh, Revolver's Blood and Honey. I love Blood and Honey. And I would have to say that uh, is the most recent... Uh, on my list of the top three it's also at this point my go-to beer it's the one that you'll find uh probably nine times out of ten it's the one that i would be most likely to have in my refrigerator how about you tuck uh your go-to beer as well as uh your top three overall number one is old style uh, i'm a huge chicago cubs fan so i have it whenever i go up to chicago I know a lot of people don't think it's the best. It's, I agree. Um, the closest place I can get it is right at the Missouri-Arkansas border at this one gas station. I take an annual trip with some friends, not to the gas station, but to that area. <laughs> we always make it a point to stop there. I usually get a case of it, take it home, crack it open, opening day, when the Cubs play, um, if they make it to the playoffs, during the playoffs, once I got to drink it during the World Series. So that was fun. Um, my second of my top three beers is a brewery out of Little Rock. It is a very local brewery. I still go back home a lot to visit. And when I do, I go there. It's a brewery called brewery called Flyway. Flyway. And they have a blueberry beer called Blue Wing. It is really good. I'm not big on fruit beers because so much can go wrong. And in fact, the first time I had it, I didn't like it. But since then, they've really gotten it. They've perfected it. And it is one of my favorite beers. I always go. I drink it the whole time that I'm there. It is canned and sold locally. A lot of the bars around Little Rock have it. Okay. Especially when I'm there in the summer. I try it. If you're ever in Little Rock or Arkansas, Central Arkansas, definitely look it up. It's worth trying. All their beers are really good, but that one is particularly my favorite. My third beer is a Costa Rican beer called Imperial. Um, it's a really good, crisp, clean beer. Uh, we had some friends here in Texas that opened up a bar and they built a lot of the bar themselves. And when they were, they found a gas station that was selling um, Imperial really cheap. It was on sale. And they started buying it while they were working on the bar, laying the floor, building the bar itself. They since put it on the menu. It's their special beer. It's kind of their, their regular beer, cheap, special. Um, and I've grown really, really, I don't want to say addicted, but it is the one that I go to the most. I keep it in my fridge. Um, I try to have it all the time. In 2019, for about a month, there was a shortage. I don't know what happened. Something happened in Costa Rica. It was a very long, <laughs> painful month for everyone there. Um, but again, if you ever get a chance to try it, it's called Imperial. It's really good, just crisp beer is it what is. I described. Yeah, I've had it. Uh, you were the one who introduced me to it. 
it is. It's just solid, simple, very good beer. Uh, I would classify it as probably one of the best lawnmower beers. I, I agree. I do keep some in my fridge for when I'm mowing the yard. It's a gray one. It's not too heavy. It's right. not just water. It's got a good flavor. Um, now, my go-to beer. I am going to pick one. I'm going to sort of cheat on this. I actually have three. I really like Shiner. Shiner's always been one of my favorites. Uh, tried it before I moved to Texas. Loved it. I kind of go between three different Shiners. There's the classic Shiner Bach. Have that all the time. Summer months, especially when it's hot, I love Ruby Redbird. Uh, I like the flavor. There's something about it. And then finally, I like uh, Shiner Black. Uh, my father-in-law loves it. Uh, when my wife and I got married, and we got married in Arkansas, he brought up uh, three cases of it to make sure we had it at the wedding just nice. for him. Um, I stole a few, but yes. Uh, <laughs> he overbought so he could bring some back home. But yes, it's uh, it's one of all three of those are my go-to. Excellent. Follow-up uh, to that. Well, it's probably a good time for this question, too, just that we could possibly address. Is uh, there a particular favorite season of the year for you, Tuck, with drinking beer? I have to say, and I've referred to it as this a lot, I consider fall to be beer Christmas. Um, my favorite drink, my favorite beers are tend to be fall beers. Oktoberfest, there's something about the flavor I like. I like hops, but I also like a malty, caramely sort of beer. Right. Uh, and that's just the perfect time. And then I really love dark beers. I have a friend... Uh, he always says he likes a beer as dark as his soul. Um, and so he, the winter beers, they kind of go right into the dark stouts that I like. So that's, that's my favorite time. What about you? Do you have a favorite time of year? Yeah, I would have to say for me, it's probably summer. And that's primarily because not necessarily the beers that are produced distinctly in the summer. You know, I'm not a big um the fruit type beer fan but it's no it's instead it's just associating drinking beer as the temperature uh, as the temperature increases it gets warmer gets more humid that uh as texas gets uh crazy inferno heat i, I i'm much more likely to drink a beer out on the uh on the back porch so i can totally agree with that and yes uh definitely texas summers need yeah. A cold beer. And I think we can agree spring needs to step it up if they want to get a mention. They do. On they the do. Podcast. Yeah. Shortly after summer would be, for me, fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, for very similar reasons. The Oktoberfest, especially. Big fan. Uh, but uh, those two, I would say, summer and uh, fall for me stand out. So, Tuck, since this is an introductory episode, uh, a couple things I thought we should address. Just. Uh, what are our goals for d developing this podcast? Uh, why are we making this podcast? Uh, for me, and, and I'll go first, the, the number one goal is to really just promote these Texas craft beers that uh, we both enjoy beer. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot, certainly in the last five to ten years, there's a lot of really good Texas um, beer makers and hopefully through this podcast we can uh, 
put out the word on beers that uh, folks throughout Texas may not have tried. They may not be familiar with uh, are as familiar with beers from different regions of the state. And, and so hopefully we can contribute to folks being willing to try some beers they maybe hadn't uh, really attempted at this point. I could not agree with you more. I know just from traveling around the state, you know, I've, I've tried to go around uh, Fredericksburg, Austin, uh, out to Jefferson, which is in East Texas. I've tried some local beers out there and it's been really interesting. And I'm just, I don't see them or I forget about them. So I think this would help people maybe in Houston. Now, hey, North Texas has some out in El Paso, right. all of this. Now, what do we bring to the table? Why us? Mostly, we like beer, specifically right. Texas beer. I mean, we don't have any sort of super credentials. We're not beer makers. I mean, I've tried to make some in my garage, and it's turned out about as well as, as garage beer should should taste. I mean, it's it's drinkable, but not anything I'm sharing. Um, so I think we just want to try to drink beer and enjoy the state that we both are in, the state of Texas, not drunkenness <laughs> most of the time and uh just kind of introduce some beers to people uh north texas beers out to west texas hill country beers to east texas right right that would be outstanding because i think like i said there are a lot of uh a lot of good options out there and if uh if Folks or any, anything like me, you tend to be somewhat reluctant. Uh, at least there's a, that hurdle to get over, that initial hurdle that uh, until you, uh, you are willing to try that brand new beer, you may be reluctant. And so hopefully, hopefully this podcast may assist just a little bit in getting some folks to, uh, to try something they hadn't otherwise thought of. I hope so. The main goal of this introductory episode is to kind of explain how we're going to be ranking the beers, how we're going to be explaining them. And we figured the best way to do this was to come up with a ranking system with points, and we came up with four categories we'd be giving points in. The four categories are label bottle, appearance, taste, and is it a Texas beer? Uh, when I say Texas beer, I am making quote fingers. I know this isn't a... Video true. podcast, so you'll just have to take my word. We are going to explain each one of these and kind of explain how many points and what we're going to be looking for for each one. Jim, why don't you go ahead and start us off and explain what we mean by label bottle? Okay. So as you're looking at, uh, if you could imagine, you're 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 at a liquor store, you're at a uh, grocery store, and you're in the beer aisle. What about the appearance of that can, or if it's a bottle? What about the uh, label of the bottle? Does it draw your eye to that particular beer? Uh, certainly uh, in the last uh, decade, really, yeah, I would say last decade to 15 years, we've seen a lot of breweries, not just Texas breweries, but uh, a lot of breweries around the country as well, put a great deal of effort into the appearance of their can or the, the appearance of that bottle of beer that uh, certainly... Uh, you want to be uh, have your eye drawn to that particular product. And so consequently, uh, just evaluating what does the uh, can or bottle look like? Is it appealing? Are there any particular references to the state of Texas uh, on the can or iconic images 
that uh, really truly represent Texas on that can or on that uh, label. Is there any particular one you could give as an example? Probably the one that stands out to me most, uh, most readily would be Crawford Bach. Their can, if you haven't seen it, uh, well, if you, let's try that again. If you have seen it, you will remember it. If you are a sports fan, you will remember Crawford Bach very, very easily. It is the uh, 1970s uh, Houston Astros uniform that... Uh, Orange, yellow, sort of. yes, right. okay. And, and so it is just an iconic Texas type imagery that they've chosen to use on their cans that uh, really, really, truly stands out. And so with the label bottle, we uh, will award 10 points for that category. Five points each would be the max score you could receive for the label bottle, which leads us to the second category, the appearance. Tuck, would you tell us a, a little bit about what we're looking for and, and really thinking about with appearance? All right. The appearance is not talking about what it looks like in the bottle. We're talking about what the actual beer looks like in a glass. So after the pour. After the pour. Does it pour well? Does it have foam? What's the color? Clarity? Does it look good? Some beers, you pour them in, they look flat. They may right. not be flat, but they just don't look good. Other beers look like something... I mean, I know it wasn't real beer, but if you watch Cheers, those beers Norm drank looked amazing. Well, that's because they were designed to look like a perfect beer, even though I heard they were horribly tasted. This is what we're looking for. Does this look like a beer? If I saw someone drinking it across a bar, I would look at it and say, I like the look of that. Again, like label and bottle, five points for each of us for a total of 10 points for that. All right, Joe, the next one is taste. This is probably the one, or this is the one that will have the most points. Why don't you go ahead and explain it for everybody? Okay, thank you. For taste, uh, let's start out. We both can assign up to 10 points for the taste of the beer. And, and really, as we thought about it, talked about it, we wanted the taste to have multiple aspects or components. First of all, what's that uh, initial taste? As it's on your palate, just there's an initial uh, thought, feeling that you get. How would you describe it? We want that to be a component. But uh, also, or maybe even equally or even more important, would be that second taste, if you will. That as the beer's going down, as it's going down into your, uh, well, what, down your esophagus? Yes. Um What's that secondary taste? Is it smooth? Is it uh, robust? How would you describe it? Um, all the way to the aftertaste, uh, all of those component parts, really, we wanted to uh, define or fit into this particular category of taste. So from the tongue on down. And uh, finally, the fourth category tuck, is, is this a Texas beer? How would you describe that? This is the one that's going to be the most subjective. This is the one, especially if you're, well, not even if you're native Texas, but if you're a fan of Texas beer, this is the one you may or may not agree with us on. For us, this one is, does this beer represent Texas? Does it make you think of Texas? 
without giving too much away, but ones we're going to be bringing up. Is a Lone Star beer truly a Texas beer? Does it represent Texas? What about Shiner or a Ziggenbach or one that may or may not be one you traditionally think of? Does the label have Texas references? Does it just seem like one you would order out in a small bar out in West Texas or right. at a, you know, Billy Bob's in Fort Worth? <laughs> just somewhere. Is it a Texas beer? It is going to be kind of our decision. And, you know, you can agree. Not agree if you want to yell at us. We may not hear it. Yeah, we probably won't hear it because this is a podcast, but, you know, feel free and let us know if you don't agree. So we'll get more into that. And again, we will explain all these. The points, uh, like the first two, it is going to be five points each for a total of 10 points. Okay, so check my math, but uh, I have a grand total a beer could receive up to 50 points. That is correct. A 50-point beer would be the maximum beer. We will try to keep a chart of the beers as we go, letting you know what they scored in label and bottle, appearance, taste, and Texas beer. All right, outstanding. And I, I agree, Tuck. I, I really can see where that, uh, that fourth category is going to be the most controversial. And that's okay. Not a problem with that. And it, you want to finish with any final thoughts? Um, again, our main goal, our hope for this podcast is that we just get people trying, drinking different beers from around the state. There are so many good beers, so many beers worth trying in every part of the state. It's It really is important that we try them and, and help out, especially these smaller breweries that are maybe just starting or maybe not in a big area, but they're... They're, they're starting out, they had a goal, a dream, if you will, and they should be celebrated, and we should try them. Well, and especially, I would just want to add, during these times of COVID, that uh, regardless of how you feel about it, these local breweries, many of them are struggling. And uh, so buying local can make a big, big difference right now for these small Texas craft breweries. Um, with that, I would just like to add, uh, we want to make a few, uh, have a few shout outs, uh, for our intro music. Uh, we want to thank, uh, Jeff Blankenship also for, uh, a friend of the podcast that's, uh, helped with our technical, uh, issues. We want to thank, uh, Michael Vick, not that Michael Vick. It's a different one. Trust me. I was just about to ask. <laughs> And uh, just uh, there's several others that uh, will remain nameless, but just for their con uh, unconditional support of this podcast, we want to thank you. Yes. Thank you to all of you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. And check out our Facebook page. And don't forget, please tip your bartenders well for they're doing the Lord's work.